0: to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show we review the disappointing first game of the season where we fell 26 points to nine to Saracens. But we also look ahead to the next game away at Wasps, talk about the new contract for Pat Lamb and a very special charity event that's coming up. All this and more on this week's show, I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well gentlemen, good to see you, uh, obviously we were all a bit down in the dumps on uh, on Friday but uh, you know, well let, let me come to you first Miles, um, obviously you brought the Duchess along to the game... Um, did 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 she enjoy it? I mean she's not exactly our lucky mascot, is she? <laughs> not
1: really. Not really, Chuck. I mean every time she comes and watches the bears at home, we do tend to lose. So I, I would say she's not a lucky mascot at all and I think um I think I'm gonna cut her out cut her out the wheel, cut her out the marriage and cut her out coming to the game again. That's it. So uh just TV 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 games for the touches from
0: now on Don't hear that is going to be cut out the marriage she's <laughs> been waiting for that for 20 years absolutely uh, and lee thanks for hosting again uh, Welcome how's your weekend been after after the friday night showing
2: uh, it got a lot better after friday i have to admit i think the rugby uh, the, the one thing that i was kind of looking forward to was the most disappointing but um, but it went onwards and, and upwards after that so yeah it was uh, it was a lovely weekend actually Sporting aside Sporting aside And actually Miles when I
0: think about it Have you you, you got a new front door? I (laughs) walked walked past that today
1: It has (laughs) Well not a new front door But it's been charted up by uh, our good friend Lee here it looks fantastic, and I've even got a shiny new knocker on it as well. You
0: the, you, you, and the Duchess, new knocker. <laughs> Absolutely. Any knobs?
2: I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> OK. The one thing I want to say, actually, Miles, because uh, we're all a little bit worried, because we've all seen this new door knocker, and have you converted to, to being a Wasp fan now? Because it... it it, what can you explain to the uh, listeners exactly what is on your door and knocking this, it it was a bizarre, it, what a bizarre present for
1: my mother for my birthday back in March and it's a bee oh, it's, it's not a bee. wasp, it's a bee right. so I felt committed really to pleasing the mother and putting the bee shaped <laughs> knocker on <laughs>
3: mate if you, yeah. were gonna, if you knew you were getting a new door knocker surely you could have had a little little bear created oh, well, for I, it I mean shocking there we yeah. go and Pete how oh. about you how was your weekend sir uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, a bit tired on Saturday morning, uh, despite the result. We did have a good crack in the bar, didn't we? After we, we just met a few people, and and of course that was the real positive of the night it was was a bit of banter. Um, Saturday, I was I can't remember. We did just travelled, drove around Bristol to various sporting venues, uh, doing the the dad thing, and then a great day today out with Miles again. Went to well, uh, Cotswold. Country Park did the old Aqua venture. Roll back the years, fifty-year-old men doing butt front flips off <laughs> off inflatables. Brilliant! And I, uh, there was a picture circulating on
0: closed social media groups, I should say, of of your speedos. That's right. I've got to say they they didn't look quite as small as uh, as, as as maybe uh, some of the players. Uh, at the, uh, the grounds. Oh, well. I'm, I'm not talking more on the oh. front size, it's more of the, the, that measurement across the back.
3: Well, boys, it's not just the, it's not just the club that have got a load of filthy rigs. Hey! <laughs> all right, let's, let's
0: talk about that game where we, we all met up for a beer beforehand, everyone was in high spirits, um, got down to the grounds. And uh, well, let, let me start with you, uh, Lee. When you saw the team... Uh, and obviously, we had the, the late withdrawal by Luke Moran. Um, you were still pretty confident when we we met up in the pub, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I was, Tony. I mean, obviously, losing Luke was a bit of a shock, especially late in the day. But um, I thought we had more than enough in in our in our squad to to win the game. And um, yeah, I, I have to admit, I was. You know, it was complete flip side of the, the Quinns game when we were walking down. I was quite nervous. I, in, in this case, I was uh, I was quietly confident we'd we'd put some points on them. To be honest.
0: Yeah and of course the duke and duchess were out having a, a, a some dinner engagement before the game so uh, Mark Miles didn't make it to the pub Pete you were there um again you know did you think we we had enough um, in that front row, maybe Did, were you worried about the front row? This is something that we talked with Pat on Tuesday at the Q
3: and A about. But uh, well, I, I think as is the way is when you you hear Pat speaking, you believe everything he says. To be honest, and I, I mean, he he had given us quite a clear answer about why. It wasn't uh, why we didn't sign a new tight head, and was wax lyrical about about everything being fine. Um, obviously, we had our mate Jez from Fezcast on, who who was a uh, wasn't that positive about how Saracens were going to do. I mean, he, I think he bandied around the the idea that maybe a losing bonus point would be good, and they just were happy to be here. So I think we we kind of got led down a bit of a garden path, didn't we, Tony? About it being, um, you know, maybe a little bit easier than we thought and in hindsight of course we forgot we were playing multiple European domestic champions who regardless of the fact they might have big players playing have got a system that the whole squad are used to that has uh, seen them well so I think we were I think as our prediction showed we, we were we were ourselves were very ring rusty when it came to predicting
0: um, Miles let me come to you talk about ring, ring rustiness the fact that we didn't have a a serious um, pre season friendly or two, do you think that was part of the issue on Friday night, or you know, do you think Pat was right to go down that line and to, to keep people fresher for for the start of the when it really mattered? Well, I think he
1: talked the talk at his Q and A apparently, didn't he? And I think he, you boys well believed that we didn't need this pre season, these pre season games, as where all the other teams had. Yeah, but yeah I've got a big ring rusty and it's, and it's underlined I could almost underline it twice on my notes I mean it was worrying he could have uh, yeah I agree we, we looked rusty we looked unseasoned I know it's the first game of the first actual game but was, was fitness there? I don't know I mean we played a good running style at rugby but I was concerned and really I think looking back on it um, playing a decent side before, the, before that first game probably did let us down
0: yeah, I certainly think it, we we didn't look quite match sharp, and uh, whether I think I think Jez from the first cast said that you know they they had a bit of a poor game against Ulster and then yeah. uh, managed to put it right. So uh, well, let, let let's hope this is uh, a, an expensive pre-season friendly, um, and we can get to to winning ways against Wasp. Lee, um, having said all of that, obviously we we're really disappointed, but. That first half, we were 9-3 up. Callum Sheedy was striking the ball really well. And, um, you know, he he seemed to be kicking for the post better and stronger and further than maybe last season. Um, We then had the amazing break by Charles Piotr. And... um, you know, um, we could probably all wax lyrical about that for the next five or ten minutes. And I love the way he put Nathan Earl on his knees. Earl didn't even get anywhere near him. Ben but, Hill. Ben Hill, sorry. Ben Hill. Ben Hill. Um, But if, if Jan Lloyd had just got over in that corner, do you think that would have been the momentum that
2: we needed to go on and win that game? You know, normally I would say, yeah, because we'd... You know, once we've got a bit between our teeth, we we tend to we can score a lot of tries in a short space of time. But I'm not too sure about this game, if I'm honest, because I think we got our tactics wrong. And although you know, obviously we were nine three ahead, but actually the tactical side of it was, for me, was off from the start. And I think the the fans kind of knew it as well because I thought even the atmosphere was quite flat. And you know, for right from the kickoff, we were you know we we don't kick the ball, do we? We Occasionally we might do it But we run the ball And we didn't do any of that Did we So it, I think it would have Made a difference If Lloyd would have gone in In terms of maybe The mindset there Might have changed But I think Actually looking back on it we, we didn't really do A lot else Throughout the game That we started with So I, I'm not too sure About this I think we just got Actually out Out battled And out fought by uh, A team that were Tactically On top of their game And, and you know I think we have to hold our hands up and think, well, if we're going to make mistakes, at least make them in the first game of the season and not the last game of the season.
0: And, Pete, I know you, you've you been analysing certainly the end of that move. You know, Tau was was awesome, wasn't he? It was just like he had a force field around him. None of their defenders could get near him. Uh, the ball comes out. I think it was Thacker, Thacker to Huren. And then to Jaan Lloyd. Now, Lloyd was tackled. No no disputing that. But
3: then you're not very happy about what happened next. No, I think I think initially, before we go back a step, I think Andy Oren didn't do what every single kid who plays rugby is told to do, is draw your man and then pass yeah. it. He went too early. And I think he even admitted that afterwards. I heard him on Radio Bristol saying that. But nevertheless, Owen Lloyd did his best, went inside went out, got tackled. But to me, Vinnie Poot... Vin- uh, Vinnie... <laughs> Vinnie, no. Billy Vunipola. Billy Vunipola came charging in from the side, off his feet, as far as I can. I had a look at it later, and to me, that's not a tackle. I, I don't understand what it is because if it's it- coming in, shoulder charging somebody already on the ground, to me, is not a tackle. So therefore. Is it a ruck? But If there's not another Bristol player in on the floor, is that a ruck? So, and if anything, surely he's got to come around from behind. And the 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 the, the result of that was was him Lloyd going into touch, which therefore did, meant that the ball wasn't live for perhaps a supporting Bristol player to to, to form a ruck and, and us to pile over. So, you know, there's two things there. We made a big mistake; should have scored. I think there was something missed, but it did seem very strange that that didn't get looked at. Um, but, and I don't know, if I, I don't know if I, I agree with Leah, but I I feel if the, we'd gone over then, I think we would have, I don't know, I feel the momentum would have gone, we would have had more belief in our running game, because I think up to that point, we we'd, we'd had this very conservative game plan kicking but we did look in control they didn't look like they were going to score anything and and I think that might have been the spark that would have got going again um, and you know score maybe another try and so on and then of course the trouble was in the second half we got killed by penalties and we couldn't get that back we had it so it's a hard one I and mean, I've always said before you can't really talk about what ifs because it is what happened it is what it is and you've got to make your own history you don't look back at it but I just think it was a disappointing key moment both from our own player but also from from the kind of circumstances as well.
0: Yeah, so Miles, we go in 9 9 at half time and still all to play for. I mean, we were disappointed. I think we were all chatting and mm-hmm. this 50 22 rule, it, you know, it did look like somebody was determined to be the first player in Premiership history to actually land one of those. Um, there was a lot of what I'd call pointless kicking. Um, how, as a spectator, did you feel? Uh, after seeing that first 40 minutes of kick tennis in many ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could only describe that first half as dire, really. I mean, we didn't go there to watch a kicking game, do we? We go there, fans, you know, 10,000 season ticket holders have gone there for a reason, and that's because they love the style of Bristol's running rugby. And we just didn't see that. So I agree this sort of 50-22 rule didn't work. I don't know what... I'm sorry, I haven't watched any other games this weekend and haven't watched a kicking game. But on this occasion, it did the opposite. I mean, Sheedy was attempting it from far too often and Sarri's just picked up on that and plumped two defenders in the 22 and stopped that going to the touch. I mean, probably
3: half a dozen times. But that's the whole point of it. I mean, the whole point of it not is you're not really trying to do it. What you're trying to do is make the opposition think you're trying to do it and then you do it a couple of times and then... When they plonk them, as you say, Miles, absolutely right. You then do something else because they're in a position that they don't want to be. Quite. Um, so I think we just—I think both teams got it all wrong as well. To be honest, maybe I think you know it was—it's not really about trying to do it from your 22 or even just outside. It's about—it's about mind games. And I think the best time to use this kick is when you're kind of just inside your half and you're going backwards and forwards and you've got a huge rush defence in front of you and you can't find a way to get through. Then you drill it torpedo it about 20 yards off the ground, flat and hard, straight into the corner, and make make territory that way. Because And if you do that a couple of times, they're not all going to be in the rush defending you. They're going to have to think. And it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a psychological thing, the fifty twenty two, And I just think we, as Tony rightly said, I think they were all trying to be the first person to do it. Actually, thinking about what is this rule all about? It's actually not about trying to kick. And then, I mean, I think that wasn't all we were trying to do. I think we did have a, a big box-kicking... Um, game plan as well you know that's got to have a chase and I didn't mm, feel we had a yeah, chase it be. behind it and then therefore is it just becoming a game of chess and that's not our game no and and like why are we pandering to an opposition okay it's Saracens but they have come up we've got to show them who's boss they've yeah. been away for a season and that's I think a big disappointment with all of us talking about we didn't look like we were trying to impose our game at home in front of 19,000 people uh, and also, we got caught
2: out. Mm, yeah. And I think yeah. Lozovsky actually, ultimately, was, was the game winner, wasn't he? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Uh, dude, great. He, I mean, it, like Pete and Miles said, just said, there was, it was kick tennis, wasn't it, all over the shop, but that little bit of creativity came from Lozovsky and, ultimately, Sarries won the game from it. But, like Miles has said, if we wanted to watch rugby like that, we'd go to the wreck, wouldn't we? <laughs> we? You know, it's not what we watch at Ashton Gate. No. And... I just think we get that sorted for, for the next game because um, we play the best brand of rugby in the Northern Hemisphere, bar none, in my opinion. And that's, what, that's why, that's the reason we've got 10,000 season card orders. And, you know, that's ultimately what we want to see with a little bit of the mix of the 50-20 team that Pete's already said, using it wisely and using it sensibly. That's exactly what we want to do.
0: Let's let's talk about that second half. I mean, we're not going to dwell on it because the penalties count kept mounting. Uh, I think we gave away thirteen penalties. They they scored twenty one points from seven of those penalties. The scoreboard kept ticking away. We we didn't look like we could do much different to to break out of that process. And again, back to uh, Lazowski, What a beautiful grubber kick that was for the yeah. the one well, only yeah. try. Um, interesting statistic as well he he led the tackle count on both teams seventeen mm. tackles really? fly half seventeen mm. tackles absolutely amazing so we we are disappointed. I think we didn 't play the way that we wanted to as as Pete said, um, but I suppose we we have to step back as well and say, first game of the season. We were a bit ring rusty. You could tell that by the, the, the knock-ons and some of the, the, the passing that looked a bit panicked passing. Um, and we are playing a well-drilled team, that a club that have been at the top for, for 10 years. So as the season pans out, who knows whether this result will be quite so bad as we maybe feel now. But um let's hope we can start wow. to turn things around quickly for Wasps Lee you want to come in.
2: I just want I just want to quickly end on this because <clears throat> there was a few positives and I thought Ed Holmes was brilliant in the second row. And he, he's never let us down has he when he when he comes in and he's he's fantastic and the line out was was Wait. immense. Was well, he's immense Cornish Ed Holmes that's why? <laughs> it is Ed Holmes and you said it in a Cornish accent as well so it's brilliant. Yeah. Um and I thought it was lovely to see Facker back as well on the pitch and uh, you know because I think Line out wise, I think we know exactly what we're getting from Facker, and you know, he's uh, I love the little breaks, I've missed those little breaks that he does and you know, shifts us up the field. So, I mean, there was, there was a, a few, and obviously, Charles, sorry, I forgot about Big Charles. I mean, he was immense for us, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I mean, we had three clean breaks, they had one, we had 28 defenders beat, it, they had
3: 14. I mean, even on a game where we can't actually remember much excitement, we still, yeah. We're doing something, but like going back to your Lazowski stat of seventeen tackles. I mean, what's that tell you about what we were doing? Yeah, we were trying to pile through the middle, and there's you know there was no creativity, or in the second half, like you know said Tony, and we weren't. You know that was my worry that we we, when we go and it has happened before when the momentum goes against us. My my worry is that sometimes we don't really know what to do, or we don't we get stuck in the system, Mm. and I, I just think. But positively, it was the first game. I think you're right, Tony. I think Saracens will do that. Will we'll do that to a lot of teams. And and uh,
0: I, I I think the slightly worrying thing for me
3: is is there are certain
0: teams that seem to have figured out how how to shut us down. Yeah. Yeah. You look at your Sale again. Yeah. Big big around the breakdown blitz defence, um, and. We we still haven't worked
2: out a way of getting around that. Well, even Falcons did to a certain degree, if we remember that yeah. the, but the they, Falcons game. They weren't committing many people to the, the breakdown. No, 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 no. so no. that's
3: why we, there was like about. It seemed like there was a, a a regiment of kind of orcs. In, mm. like, so that's not that difficult to see what's happening. So do something like a few pop, pop and go from the rock, pick and go, pop, pick it, pop, drive through where there's no defence, or do what I said earlier is drill one into the corner to put them on their back foot like,
2: I, do, I mean I, I think that as well I don't know if you guys agree but I didn't think Andy Uren got the ball out quick enough from the back of the road no I think like, it, it just I mean that's yeah it, he had a good,
1: good, good few snipes uh, didn't he which he's brilliant at. Yeah. but you know you're right when Randall came on there was just something a little bit different wasn't there a little bit quicker a few dives inside and he made a clean break from it didn't he right through their line I mean Uren had an alright game didn't he His a bit too much box kicking for my liking but I think that's probably yeah. why he started because yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was doing yeah. the tactics he was, was what doing it. what he
3: was told I don't think yeah. we can blame him no, too right, much I for no. doing it I think we've got to be fair on that <laughs> sorry for <we've> <laughs>
2: I'm trying to end on a positive thing uh, uh, and well we've no, gone off posi- up same
3: with that but yeah but the positive I think is that you know it was a wake up call we didn't have a pre-season game I think it's pretty clear to anybody that we should have had one wrong decision and mm-hmm. now we've had one mm-hmm. We've got the chance, every, every sport, you have the chance to put things right the next game. And let's be positive. We know we're a good side. We've got good players. I mean,
2: it's we'll like good. It's like Tony said, actually. I mean, Surrey's got absolutely mullered by Ulster, didn't they, in yeah. the first pre season yeah. game. So, I mean, it's, you know, I would have rather we got mullered in a pre season game, even if we'd have won, mm. than the first game of the season. But it's done and dusted now, isn't it? And we, we'll move on. And as I said right at the beginning, wasn't it good being down
3: at the was. gate, oh, you know, to, go, yeah. to go to the bar and chat to people? Yeah. And and within about half an hour, we'd forgotten about the result. Hadn't we? Yeah. After about five points of fortitude, yeah, yeah. and we saw Binzi, the legend. We saw that Binzie. Is Binzie. Binzie. We had A lovely chat that was with Binzi. The most exciting part of the night, wasn't uh, it?
0: Well, a, a few other things just just around the game. Our biggest crowd. Um, I think we were nearly seventeen hundred more than the uh, than Leicester had with uh, our uh, nineteen thousand and. Uh, I see the all-stands, including the Lansdowne Upper, are open for the Bath game, so that's definitely going to be even more for that game. Um, little stat, it's 58 games since we last failed to score a try. Um, so I think that, that Ooh, shows how good that the Saracens' defensive plan yeah, was yeah. To, to stop us scoring. Um, pasties ran out evidently very
3: early on. Well, thought we'd which... do goats at the end, tone
0: No, which which <laughs> I, I know people were were a little bit disappointed. And Lee, I'm going to come to you with this one um, because I know this is a subject close to your heart. It looks like we're not going to have a physical program yeah. anymore. Yeah. Your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, long-term listeners to the pod would know that I am a. a programme collector you know whether, whether it be cricket football rugby everything and it's one of the things apart from Miles let me down for that Gloucester game one time it's, it's something I always love to, to you know to have something physical to bring back and um, I mean is that across the board now we won't get a, a programme throughout the season or well it seem, seems strange If, if for, why wouldn't you have one for the first home yeah. game
0: with 19,000
2: there yeah. we've got this digital magazine which come on i mean let 's face it, I think we all agree it 's a load of pants this nice toilet it yeah. is i mean it 's full of adverts and uh, I mean I, you know, content All i 'm an old man anyway, and i 'm traditional, but I like actually physically turning a page and reading something as opposed to flicking through it on a you know, an iPad or whatever you... you just just call it I've <laughs>
3: sorted my house insurance out. i really, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, got some new building work going I've got a being delivered next
2: <laughs> week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but I, th- I thought the content in the digital magazine was, was disappointing. There was hardly anything to read. It was just mm-hmm. pictures and a few stats. Maybe they're just going to try and target a very young kind of Instagram-type audience. Well, people can't audience. read. Well, <laughs> it, it does seem a shame, and that, that as well that it's just kind of fizzled out. They didn't. They well, didn't tell us that they, they weren't going to have a program. No, no.
2: but also it's, it's much more than that, isn't it? It's programs are, are like a, a memento of the, the history of that game. So, you know, it's all right. Grab one now. It's that's fantastic. You'll read it, and what you do is you put it, you know, in your wardrobe or something like that. But it's years later when you start talking <laughs> mm-hmm. about these games. And you go through the programs and then it's like <clears throat> seeing the 15 lined up and you like, oh God, yeah, I remember that game now. And, it, you know, because they're, they're a little caption of the history of everything that we do, isn't it? It's, it's you know, and you can guarantee if you go back through a program, you'll remember something about that game whilst looking at the program. And it would be such a shame if we go down a digital route. And we don't have something physical we can actually open and look at, in my eyes, in my eyes in
1: agree. I mean, I think we all ordered the programme for the champion, the Challenge Cup final, didn't they, yeah. which we won, and we're going to treasure that for yeah. years, that programme. Friday nights probably would have gone in the bin or down the loo, to be honest, but I, I think I'll miss them too. It's not very environmental friendly, is it? At <laughs> <it, laughs> least <laughs> <down the loo. laughs> recycle it, I so, yeah. Oh, no.
0: yeah, and I thought that the magic moment was uh, when the announcer... Said, uh, if you've got a VW
2: car, <laughs> your engine is still running. You may want to go and turn it off. Then, it but was, the, the funny thing was, the guy was going out cause he was in the safe stand, wasn't he? Yeah. And he actually did a bow on the way out. Can you remember yeah, that? Did. See, yeah. I've got a theory about this. I think he was an
3: opportunist. I think he was on his way to the toilet. He heard the thing and he thought, "I've got a chance here <laughs> on my fifth, one minute of glory." So he just did the like that. Yeah. So everybody assumed it was him. It was actually Nathan Hughes's car. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, why he went missing in the second half. So, so that, that 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 was funny. No.
0: Right. Any any more on the game that uh, that we want to talk about?
2: Uh, just one little thing. Um, was there any point in bringing Dave Atwood on for? the last 30 seconds or whatever it was realistically
0: well I, I mean I did look I think he came on it was about with 9 minutes to go but I don't know it, I, I I don't see the point I think the game was lost mm. we were already 2 scores behind um, and to be honest if Dave Atwood's going to play a half a game I'd rather have him crunching people in the first half yeah. than, than coming on for 10 minutes in the second but yeah, who, who knows the reasons why, you know, maybe he was carrying a slight knock or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, that did seem a bit strange uh, when you're in a losing position just to, to bring people on like that. And I think worryingly so. I mean, I, I think all the subs came
1: on, you know, between 60 and 77 minutes. I, sadly, I felt that, I don't know, after about 10 minutes, I suddenly thought none are being that effective. And, this, and it's harsh, but I thought this game has lost... I thought even with 20 minutes to go, um, and that's, that's not often. I feel like the the people come off the bench and they are not really going to push forward and, and you know and, and win the game. But so let's hope in future really the finishers is that what they called this this game um, didn't really come on to finish as well
2: as they could. I think that's a great point that Miles has made there because that's, that's I think it's the first time that I can remember in ages that. I actually felt that way that this game's.
0: What is, Miles has made a good point. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that the game was gone. Yeah, and, and I and I I can't remember the last time I actually thought that no. way. To be honest.
0: Okay, well, let's move on. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more pl- platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, the good thing about Friday morning, as well as uh, looking forward to the game, was the fact that uh, we had the announcement from the club that... Pat Lamb had signed a five-year extension, keeping with him, uh, keeping him with the Bears until twenty twenty-eight. Pete, let me come to you. Um,
3: brilliant news, just brilliant news, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, any any club that needs wants success has to have stability and has to have a a, a long-term plan. And I think you, Tony, you and me went down to the gate on Friday, on Tuesday, and got. Subjected to the power presentation that Pat gave us uh, about his plans and and about what he wants to do for the future. And it it was very impressive. And, you know, little results aside, if you have a structure, you have a vision, you have people who understand what's going on and that keeps on going, then it's got to be a good thing for the club. It it can't be a bad thing. Um, So it was good news. And I think, unfortunately... It didn't quite fit on Friday. It was a great announcement to make on Friday morning and it would have been lovely if we'd also won as well. But, you know, put that to one side. I think uh, we couldn't have got a better announcement, really. And, Miles, do you think that now
0: means, you know, we can really start to plan ahead for this club and future success, knowing that the, the man that's been the inspiration that's got us where we are so far is going to be around for well with 2021 now another seven years with pat at the helm at least i mean absolutely imagine
1: you know he'll be going on for longer than this podcast potentially old pat and his new contract i'm kidding of course i think it's fantastic news i mean there was an announcement obviously due due on friday and no one quite knew what it was Um, I mean we didn't go to the Q&A Lee and I but we saw the sort of statistics and the information TC kindly put up on the Facebook page and his plan for the next sort of three four five years and now you can understand that can't you that he is going to be at the helm for another seven years and it's fantastic he's such an inspirational leader as all the fans put on the on the Facebook page Um, every club in in the inside of the world would bite your hand off to get Pat Lamb and we're so lucky to have him and it's fantastic, yeah.
0: Yeah, and do you think, Lee, that... um, I mean, I saw some speculation that this is trying to ward off any international teams that maybe fancied Pat as their uh, their coach. Obviously, um, now with that five-year extension, should, and I don't think he would, want to go that's going to be quite a buyout
2: clause to 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 get him out of Bristol Bears well I disagree with you you boys actually I think uh after witnessing that on Friday night um I'm in the pat out group <laughs> 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 no I mean it is and, and obviously I think that after the presentation I think that I think he's I mean none of us heard anything through the grapevine at all had we that, that this potentially might happen and um but like Peter just said, the presentation was a you know was quite an extensive plan, wasn't it? And obviously, when we did it in use, we thought, well, obviously that makes sense yeah. now that he's going to be around for a little bit longer. Um, and yeah, I mean, Pat Lamb's always going to have suitors, isn't he? He's he's one of those guys. He's he's absolutely loved by the rugby world, all you know, all across apart the world. From apart from Leicester <laughs> fans, apart from Leicester fans, yeah, apart <laughs> from and he's always going to be sought after and it's great that, yeah, that he's well he wants to stay here, he wants to be here and and i mean it is it works for us then he's a fantastic coach, and I don't think anyone else could have actually had the to come to Bristol and actually have the um to do what he's done already in a short space of time, everything you yeah, know upward curve and if the plans are right, then we're going to be dominating domestic and European. Leagues think, for, for the next five years. It's
3: a good sign of also everything behind the scenes and with Steve Lansdowne and stuff yeah. that I don't think Pat would commit if he didn't feel that everything else was aligned with that. Because he did mention at our um, Q&A about, you know, Connor when he won the league, they won it with the, the lowest budget and, and so on. You kind of thought, got the impression that that was just a kind of job done. Yeah. And then it was time to move on because there was no real... That was never going to change when he's come here. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's part of it. He's part of a momentum that has clearly gone on an upward curve for the last 11 years, let alone the last two years. Um, and yeah, maybe he just really genuinely likes this idea of, of a kind of creating a community and a family. And, and if he does want to go and do international coaching, there's no reason why he can't do it in his late 50s and 60s. I mean, it's, it's probably suits more elderly coaches. To, to do that because a lot of it is yeah. strategy and selection and you get the younger bucks to, to run the coaches so maybe that is his plan
2: you know it will be All Black's coach at 60 I mean I think we all know obviously Pat Lamb's a teacher isn't he school teacher like yourself Pete and Taught him all him. I think he sees Bristol the Bristol project yeah. I think you know he's coming with are the year sevens yeah. to begin I think he wants to see us all the way through and uh, you know get, get, get us to uh, university level I think so good analogy well there
0: there we are there we are the the scholar Um, just before we leave this weekend just looking at some of the other results uh, Leicester 34 Exeter 19 now I think that's the other one that will have people talking because uh, again I've I've only seen some of the uh, some of the highlights but every report I've read that Leicester were phenomenal and made Exeter look really, really ordinary.
2: And they actually run the ball as well, apparently, yeah, which was a, was a complete get. shocker, even yeah. more of a shocker than Miles' door Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, then we had Northampton, 34, Gloucester, 20. Uh, Worcester, 36, London Irish, 24. Sale, 20, Bath, 19 and I think Sale was 17 0 up, so uh, just clung on there. And uh, Newcastle 20, Harlequins 26. So I'm not even going to bother uh, talking about who's
3: top of the table, um, <laughs> <No>. but it <laughs> was a bit of a West Country nightmare there, Tone, on it. Every mm. single West yeah. Country team losing, so uh, yeah. time for us to collectively. There's only one, one team in the West, West Country, true, Pete. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, don't matter about the others, does it? and uh,
0: our, our predictions for the game last week were, were equally as, as, as dire so uh, no no marks for us but talking about predictions um, if you do do the if you've got the Premiership rugby app uh, we have got our um, own league on there now so this is a, a game you can play every week all you need to do is predict a win, draw or loss for each of the six Premiership uh, games uh, you can join a league ours is called Bears for the the gate cuz i mistyped it and now i can't edit it <laughs> I, did, I did send you that so did i, didn't yeah. I remind you yeah um, but the pin number so if you've got a a quill and some ink ready uh is capital letter e 4 f o z n i all of those are capitals so it's e 4 f 0 uh, o z n i um and uh i i had a quick look Lee just mm. to uh, just to see how we got on with our first um, lot of predictions and uh, guess guess who was bottom of the
2: prediction table I reckon I mean are you asking me because obviously I admit the lofty position I, I retired as the uh, champion a couple of years ago because uh, I reckon bottom of the table was got to be uh, our mate speedo man over there
0: yeah Br- Bristol Saint is currently uh, bottom of, of how the that,
3: how can that? How can that Oh, I see, yeah. I'll tell you why that is, because that was the only game I predicted was our game. I, I ran out of time, so I only predicted Bristol to win against Saracens. I forgot about all the other games. There we are. <laughs> for the more intelligent
0: members of this league, yeah. congratulations for um, predicting all uh,
2: all six games instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> is there any money involved in this team? Because otherwise, I do. I, I might. I might enter it.
0: No, no. Come on. We need. We, we need a few, We've got ten people so far. So it'd be lovely to to get a few yeah. more people involved with that. Right now, uh, we've got two interviews coming up. The first one is with uh, Bristol Bears fan that contacted me, Matt Price. Um, and he's doing something very special uh, to uh, raise money for motor neurone disease, and this is for uh, an ex-rugby colleague of his. So this is the chat that I had with Matt uh, last week. Right, now we've got a special guest on uh, Bears Beyond the Gate podcast, and that's Matt Price, who's uh, come on to tell us all about Father Abraham's Tour de Prem. Matt, nice to speak to you. Um, first of all, Matt, um, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your connections with the with the club.
4: Yes, uh, Tony, thank you for, for having me on. Um, so I'm a born and bred Bristolian, and I've uh, been following Bristol now for a, for a number of years. And um, actually, a season ticket holder for the for the first time this year. So, um, after the the year and a half that we've had, I'm looking forward to getting back to watching some uh, live rugby at the game.
0: That, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for a a really big uh, big season again for the Bears. Now, Father Abraham's Tour de Prem. That is a fascinating um, title. Can you you tell me a little bit about what it's all about and why you're doing it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, one of my many mad ideas that, that i've had um so in essence it's a, um, a cycle tour around all the premiership rugby clubs and um it's in honor um and memory of um rugby club chairman of the rugby club i used to play for when i lived in plymouth um who unfortunately passed away from motor neuron disease um 10 years ago in october so um is yeah to to honour him and, and raise lots of money to hopefully find a cure for for MND.
0: Now, if if I if I know rightly, the story is uh, your, your your friend that sadly passed away. He had a bucket list, didn't he, of things that you wanted to to achieve, and top of that was to raise. Quite a substantial amount of money for for the the charity. Um, tell us a bit about that and how far um, you and his friends have got in in, in that fundraising uh, drive.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Simon was was diagnosed with motor neurone disease back in um, 2009, and he didn't want him. I well, didn't want that to, to affect him, and wanted to make sure that he, you know, really made. the most of of the time that he unfortunately had left Um, so he he set himself a bucket list and and on there was you know things like swimming with um with sharks um skiing in france um but at the top of it was um to raise a million pounds for for charity to help fund um research into motor neuron disease to in in his words to find a cure so that in the not-too-distant future, um, the words, you have motor neuron disease, can be followed by, don't worry, it's curable.
0: Absolutely fantastic. And how far has the fundraising activities gone towards that, that really big target?
4: Um, so, yeah, it is quite a, quite a large target. Um, and over, over the past 10 years, um, his, his friends, family, and the, the wider rugby uh, community um, has taken his total up to just shy of 560,000.
0: Wow, that so, is that is incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible. And and the cycle ride that you're going to do and we'll talk about that in a, in a second. Um what what's your aim for uh, sponsorship for the, the 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 cycle tour?
4: Um so we we've set ourselves um quite a high target of 15,000 pounds. Um but we're hoping that, you know, with with the help of the premiership rugby clubs who are hopefully um Share our story once we're actually on the ride um, and the three community clubs that, that Simon played for um, we're hoping to to get up up and near the um, fifteen thousand pound mark
0: fifteen thousand right okay, so this madcap cycle tour of yours I believe is somewhere in the region of eight hundred and fifty miles tell me tell me about the route when, when are you starting and um, what's your route?
4: So, yes, it's 850 miles, um, and we've set ourselves 12 days to do that. Um, We start on Tuesday, the 28th of September, up in Newcastle, and we we basically head south from there. So we we go from Newcastle to Sale, um, into Leicester, um, and then we hit Wasps and Northampton, um, and the first of Simon's community clubs, which is Southam RFC. Um, We then hit Worcester and Gloucester before heading to the capital to do Saracens, London Irish and Harlequins. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get pitchside at Twickenham, which will be incredible, um, and Windsor, which is the second of Simon's clubs. And then we, we head back along the M4 corridor um, where we go to those down the road, um, as, well as, as well as Bristol Bears. Um, we then Our final club is Exeter, and then we, we finish in Plymouth on Saturday the 9th of October.
0: Wow, what, what, a, what an epic journey that is and to, uh, to get all the clubs and Twickenham as well. If you can just tell the listeners, so what, what day can we expect you at Ashton Gate?
4: Absolutely, it's um, Thursday the 7th of October and we're hoping to, to get into Bristol um, and Ashton Gate for around 1 o'clock.
0: Right okay well we'll certainly be keeping tabs on your progress so you know on behalf of everyone at Bears Beyond the Gate you know good luck with the fundraising we're delighted to to help you promote the tour and um just before we go can you tell tell um tell our listeners how they can get involved do you have a, like a website or um uh, a facebook or a just giving page
4: yes we've um we've got all three <coughs> excuse me <laughs> Um yeah, we've, we've actually got all three. Um, so our website is www.tourdeprem.com. Yep. Um, you can search for us on Facebook. It's cycle for the number four n d a Um And the Just Giving page is justgiving.com forward slash tourdeprem1.
0: Okay. Well, we'll, we'll also put this on our, our social media channels, um you know fantastic and just just also how's the training going because uh you're getting quite close to it now, and uh are you feeling confident for for this this
4: epic tour um it, it, it's been tough um because as a, a rugby player I'm not built for cycling and especially long distance cycling so it it has been tough um but I've covered just over two and a half thousand miles in the two years we've been planning this so Hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm ready. Um, but I guess we'll find out in uh, in a few weeks' time.
0: I know. I'm fascinated, Matt. What what position do you play?
4: Oh, when I'm when I'm fit and healthy, I play in the centres. Um, but that is sometimes few and far between.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Matt, best of luck with the the cycle tour. It's it's a fantastic uh cause and uh we wish you every success and hope you get to that fifteen thousand target and uh yeah we look forward to to maybe getting you back on the podcast uh once, once you've successfully completed it
4: brilliant thank you very much for, for having me on tony it's been a pleasure talking to you
0: our pleasure thanks matt well, boys, i tell you what, 850 mile bike ride from Newcastle round all 13 clubs and then finishing Plymouth. I'm going to tip my hat off to, yeah. to that. I mean, that's some, some serious mileage and um, the, the, the two of them that are doing it, they admit they're not cyclists. <laughs> Um, One of the things that Matt did ask me just to mention is that uh, when the ride finishes uh, on the 9th of October, there is a black tie dinner in Plymouth. OPM's, the rugby club, um, uh, are going to host that. Um, They've got shirts from 12 of the 13 clubs. So uh, I think five of the shirts are going to be raffled on the night at the black tie dinner. And the other seven will be available for people to bid online. Unfortunately, the Bristol shirt, because it's seen as one of the premium shirts, is one of the ones that you're going to have to be at the dinner to to bid on. So um, please, please have a look at their website. It's incredible what they're doing. Um, And the website is www.tourdeprem.com. Dot com. uh Good luck to you guys, yeah, great and, stuff. Uh, good, we, good stuff. we we look forward to seeing you down the gate. I think it's the seventh of October, um, so uh, hopefully maybe we can get along and catch up and have another word with you, Matt.
2: And also make sure you lock up your your bicycles when you're in
0: Plymouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, t- I tell you what, by the time they get down there, they'll probably be throwing them away. I would imagine they'll be so sad or sore. Um, Right, so let's move on. Um, and next, it's uh, talking about Wasps versus Bristol. Our next game on Saturday, the twenty-fifth of September, three p.m. It's on BT Sport Live, um, and uh, we can all look forward as well to listening to another of Pete's Premiership previews. This time with Rob Sutton from the Wasps Report.
3: Let's uh, let's listen to that now. Right, so I'm with uh, Rob Sutton, one half of the Wasps report, who uh, is joining me for a quick chat. Um, so great to see you, Rob. Um, how are you? Have you enjoyed the off season? Uh,
5: yeah, to be honest, from a from a Wasps perspective, I think we were quite pleased to see the back of 2019-20 season. It was it was a bit of a long uh, bit of a long haul, certainly towards the end. Um, and yeah, we're we're ready to go again. And um, to be honest with you, really not sure what to expect from us this year, which is probably not great for, for this, but uh, it's uh, we, it, we could be anything, really could be anything this year.
3: I mean, I think it is fair to say that, you know, after pretty much almost winning the, uh, the playoff final the season before... Um, you know, it was a pretty disappointing season for you last last year. Not least, kind of losing Jack Willis to injury, losing Paolo Adogwu to England, which was just like having an injury by the looks of it. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you yeah, know, you obviously you know agreed that it, it wasn't a great season. So um, well, let's let's look towards the the new one. Um, you're playing. Bristol in your first game because you're not playing uh, this weekend you've got to buy Um, so you know what are your um, what are your aspirations for the season how do you think Wasp is shaping up Um, are there any new signings are there any players that Bears fans should watch out for and and where do you think you might end up
5: well um Obviously, with the bye week, it, it, it's it's obviously all new to the Premiership, so I'm not quite sure whether not playing first is is an advantage or disadvantage, but it's quite nice to start with a big game at home. Um, and yes, Bristol fans, you count as a big game now to other teams, and we're really looking forward to it. It's our first game back with a full... Well, it won't be full, but you know what I mean, unrestricted crowd at, at the stadium, so that's going to be a big deal. And... Um, yeah, um, aspirations, better than last season is probably a must, I think, really. Eighth, while there were excuses that you outlined with the injuries WASPs had last year, I still think eighth was below par. A top six minimum, possibly push for the top four, but I think we're not going to see Jack Willis until the new year. We're not going to see Joe Launchbury until the new year. And um, Paolo Odogu is injured as well. Um, So there's almost... a. you could argue that's our three best players um, who aren't available for the first first part of the season. So, I think top four is going to be a bit of a push. But I'd like to see some improvement on on last season. Um, certainly, the home form needs to improve. But I'm, I'm, you know, it's difficult to get on their back without the supporters there. Um, they lost a lot of games at home last season. But I think a lot of teams. Would, would have been in a similar boat. Terms of new signings, it's been it's been a bit of an odd off season, really, because we've lost quite a few players. Um, so Tommy Taylor's gone back to sale. Um, Lima Sopawanga's left, he's gone to France, Kieran Brooks has also gone to France. Um, so there's been a bit of a changing of the guard really from the team that got to the final two years ago um new faces uh well the headline is uh, a guy that bristol fans will remember nizam Carr is back for a second spell at the club um <laughs> i'm not sure because uh when we're recording this he was still in quarantine so i'm not sure he will be available for the for the game um at wasps and uh next Saturday uh, because I don't I don't think he'll be quite up to speed
3: to play but he's back Charles Piertow will be relieved if that's the case
5: (laughs) yes yes I'm sure he will be Um, who else we got Uh, we've got Ali Crosdale has signed he's come from Saracens so he can play full back and wing Uh, that was definitely a position Wasps needed to strengthen um, with Minotsi is a fixture in the Italian squad now so they needed a bit more depth in the back three um, and there is a New Zealand second row called Val I think it's Fatia. is how you pronounce it I don't know yet no one really knows but um, he he's he's quite a big lump in the second row and um, looked quite good in the friendly we played against the Dragons and another name I've mentioned but I don't think he'll play against Bristol is um, Robin Hislop who's signed from Doncaster. Um, but uh, with Tom West back fit I, he'll be on the bench at best I would have thought against Bristol
3: <laughs> So I mean I remember when we spoke last season I think you alluded to the fact that once you got below your kind of first team which potentially was was pretty good you did have a pretty um, weak squad I mean do you think your squad despite those injuries you mentioned do you think your squad is is generally stronger this season? Uh no, I
5: don't think. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's strong enough to compete at the top four. Um, uh, you know, you look at the the teams who finished in the top four last year. I, I expect them all to be there there again. And obviously, we've got Saracens back, and they're going to be. You know, I'd imagine they're going to be thereabouts. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are players in there that that you you just you just don't really know. Like, I mean, Jacob marga can be absolutely superb one week and then dreadful the next um, there's, a, there's a few players like that in the Wasp squad um, I mean we're, we're kind of helped by the fact that I think Thomas Young is not going to be picked by Wales now that ship seems to have sailed so we should see him for most of the season and Brad Shields I don't think is going to be picked by England again so there's there's enough experience there to get, get us through but whether we can compete with the teams at the top of the league I'm not Convinced? I think, I think you know the way I see the league. Issues. Is I think there's sort of five teams that might be ahead of everybody else, which are last season's top four plus Saracens. And I think we're probably in the next category where you'd put teams like Leicester and Northampton. We're probably similar to them. Where you know, if things go well, they could compete
3: equally. If they don't, you know, it could be, it could be a long season. <laughs> I think I think some of our listeners would be very pleased that you didn't even mention Bath being in that second tier as well. So uh,
5: well, yeah, well, well 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 um uh, there's there's a certain Mr Cipriani at uh, Bath this yeah. year and um certainly Wasps fans are always intrigued to see how um, see how Danny fares because uh, uh, if there's if there's one player you could that Wasps fans would take back in a heartbeat who's left in recent years it, it would be well it probably be either him or Charles Piethouse so
3: uh, yeah. be one of the two. Yeah. Um, just from a, a kind of coaching point of view, I mean, has there have there been any changes in your backroom staff at all?
5: Well, well, the big the big the big one hasn't arrived yet because John Mitchell is coming out of the England camp, mm. um, but I believe he's not joining us until after the autumn internationals um, because Martin Gleeson is going the other way or has gone the other way. He's left Wasps, mm. um, so um, I think he will make a big difference because the one area I think. I think Lee Blackett's done a great job with Wasps since he took over. Obviously, the run to the final well documented, and he's not had an easy hand. You know, the, the, I think it's been quite well documented. Wasps have had a, a few issues financially, mm. um, especially with no fans. So it's. I think he's done really well with what he's had, um, but I think he does need a bit more experience in there. And hopefully John Mitchell will bring that when he arrives. But uh, as I say, I I believe he's not coming to laugh at the Auto Internationals. So we'll we'll have to
3: wait for that one. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It seems like a good thing. I mean, Lee Blackett, from my perspective, or, you know, outside fans, seemed like a decent guy. And, uh, you know, there were certain times in his post-match interviews, I I felt a little bit sorry for him because he was, he kind of was a bit bemused about why, you know, some of your, you know, games had kind of gone away from them. Uh, but- well, I, th- I
5: think if you if you looked at last season, the number of games we lost by less than seven points. I think we were top of the losing bonus points list. And if you change around even two of those, we finish in the top half. And then we're not a, we're not a million miles off Harlequins mm. in fourth. Um, and you know we beat we beat Bristol once, we beat Exeter once, and we beat Sale once last year. So, uh, and we should have beaten Harlequins when they were. But you know, when they were good. Right at the end of the season, we played them and we lost in the last minute because Marcus Smith is a genius. Yeah. Um, so, so look, we're not far off on our day. Whether we can sustain that over a season, I think, is going to be the challenge. And you know, I really like Lee Blackett, but um, unfortunately for him, the pressure's on this season, I, I, and I think this is a make or break season yeah. for him because yeah. if if he if he finishes in the, in the lower bottom half again, I, I I don't think the owners will. Yeah, they, with the amount they put in and everything that's going on at the club at the moment with the stadium rights being given out and a new training ground, they're not going to accept being in the bottom half of the Premiership, I don't think.
3: Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about the training ground. I um, We saw a few pictures because, I mean, Bristol are... Uh, you know, it's quite interesting to us because we also got a new training ground. Well, we call it the High Performance Centre. Um, last, I season, think
5: ours might be called that as well.
3: <laughs> I must admit, I did see some pictures of it. It looked very, very black and very, I kind of somewhat dungeon-like. But I, I don't know whether you've got any comments on on it on its efficacy. <laughs> um, well, it's been a long time coming.
5: Um, you know, wasps kind of what people don't realise is that wasps kind of moved without everything being in place. Um, which, looking back, you think why on earth did they do that but that that's that's just how because they got the deal for the stadium and they kind of needed to go mm. just because of where the club was financially so there was no training and actually initially wasps was still training in acton and yeah. playing in coventry which just makes absolutely no sense so we've had a temporary one for the last four or five seasons and this new place uh, which is uh out towards uh stratford um looks really good and um uh I, I noticed that uh Derek Richardson, the owner, uh called it the missing piece of the jigsaw. So um with regards to the Midlands sort of relocation. So I know they're hoping to get the women's team up there and that will become their home ground, I believe, at some point. Um, Although that won't be this season. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. I'd like to go and have a look, but I doubt they'll probably let me anywhere near it at the moment. uh... (laughs) No,
3: it's interesting you say that about the women's team because Bristol Bears have also brought the women's team into the kind of fold as it were and they're now training up at our high Mm. performance centre with the men and they're they're really kind of trying to align everything and I think you know what what you're doing and what we're doing I mean it's trying to provide some sort of sustainability for the future isn't it so that you know regardless whether you win the league or not you've always got some sort of solid base to bring through players. And and I guess in the new financial situation, I mean, there's going to be more onus on bringing through academy players, bringing through, you know, young players or players that, you know, rough diamonds from the championship and polishing them up a bit. So I think, you know, it sounds like a really sensible move from from your owners.
4: Yeah,
5: and I think I think as well, the point you had made there about bringing players through the academy, that's been a really strong point for Wasps in recent years. I mean, we've seen Jack Willis obviously come through in recent years and his brother Tom is now sort of a big starting to become established and you know I've already mentioned Jacob Imaga and we've got Charlie Atkinson who's a young fly half as well who's who who's actually injured got injured yeah. against the Dragons on uh, Sunday in the friendly so you won't be seeing him in the Bristol game but you will see a lot of him when he's back because, uh, unfortunately, at the moment he's only known for being clotheslined by Owen Farrell. Yeah. Um, but uh, but he is actually a very good rugby player, and I think uh, I think people will get to see that. Well, this I, season. I think that might
3: have enhanced his reputation, actually. But, uh, um, so I mean, thinking forward to, to, to the to the Bristol game, which will be your first game, I mean, it is we're talking about 10 days before, so you know, it's, it's a bit difficult to judge. I mean, you know, realistically, um given the fact that you used to be our bogey team massively, yes. uh, we could yes. never get anything out of you. That kind of, that bogey bubble burst last season. I mean, realistically, what what do you think might happen in that game?
5: Well, I think, we'll, I think we will, we will be competitive. And I think we showed that last season when we played the top teams, you know, as I say, I mentioned, obviously if we beat Bristol at home last season, in what was, that was also the first game of the season last yeah. season. Um, and it, although we lost the game at Ashton Gate we weren't we weren't walloped as a lot of us thought thought might happen yeah you know, we we were in that game for probably 65 minutes and then as seems to happen with this team they tend to fade away in the last 15 minutes or so so look i think i think i think it'll be pretty close and 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 i i certainly think we'll get something um whether we've got enough to win I'm not I'm not convinced but you know I I do think whats are gonna stake a lot on this start because we've got three of our first four games are at home and we played Bristol Northampton and Exeter who were all in the top five last year and I think they will have really I think you know, Lee Blackett's already come out and said that we really are targeting these games, and you know, sort of like a rallying cry to make sure people turn up as well. I think was part of that. But you know, that first game back with a crowd, well, a full crowd at least, um, is might be worth something. Uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see this weekend. Obviously, we're not playing, but you know, you'll you'll know having twenty odd thousand at Ashton Gate will make a big difference on Friday. I would have thought. Um, and similar for the other home teams, so look i don 't think I'll be going into the game expecting wasps to win, but I think we can if we can if we play our best because you you know with wasps that they're going to score points, and I think we are there's not many teams in the league that can probably go with bristol it's probably you know Harlequins and yeah. wasps that could yeah. probably go with that could probably go with Bristol in terms of a high scoring game so maybe a game where both teams score four tries might be in the offering.
3: Um, I think that uh, sounds like a, a good, sensible prediction. So, yeah. uh, look, I mean, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to talk to you again and, uh, you know, hear your candid views. Um, and uh, I, I kind of, you know, wish you the, the best of luck for the season. So thanks very much.
0: Pete, again, thanks for doing that. I know it's busy being back at school, but you're you're fitting these in and I know the listeners do like them. Um maybe maybe Rob was a little bit pessimistic there. Do you think uh,
3: do you think there is an opening for us uh, uh, on Saturday? I think he's been realistic. Yeah, I he's playing it down a bit, but I think his big point he made was that they he doesn't feel they've got a squad for the top table at the moment. They've got to build again. But I think we all know that wasps on their day can be a dangerous team and we they were our bogey men for virtually eternity until last last week uh, last year so I think we got we got to you know, be wary like any team we've got to be wary and we don't want them to to regain their bogeyman status and we could also be getting double bluffed again because obviously <laughs> first class yeah, they said yeah. the know, same absolutely. thing to us so think, yeah so I think it's a good point so I, I think we it's very interesting to hear what Rob has to say he's, he's got great inside knowledge about his club and, and, and very interesting viewpoints but I think we have to tread carefully with our predictions this week yeah, <laughs> and
0: of course they, they had the bye so are they gonna be fit and fresh having not been out on the field of battle this weekend or will they be a bit ring rusty because they haven't had a game? Let's let's hope it's the latter. Miles didn't need to.
2: They had a pre season.
0: They, no, they, they wouldn't they have had a, had a game for a while. They wouldn't so. have had a game for a couple of weeks. No. Um, Miles, let's think about the team. Maybe I'm gonna to come to you and ask you about the forwards. What changes do you see from the uh, the eight that were picked to play against Saracen? What are your thoughts? Who might come in? Uh, who stays? Well,
1: I mean, who have we got to, go to, to come into to put, perfectly with ETC? You know who I was surprised not to see playing or on the bench was our new signing, Jake Kerr, um, who we support, played fantastic at the end of the season. Obviously played well enough to get a signing. Uh, you know, and, and understandably, Thacker's come back. He's he's fantastic uh, in you know in the attack, and he's you know mobile on his feet. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna tip my hat to Jake Kerr and say I bring him in to be honest with you we need to see him play oh, just, to start <laughs> well
2: no but, well, what, what, I'm squat.
1: talking
2: about the start yeah. to start don't ruin Faber's career Miles oh, on the bench on the bench okay, oh, on, the bench. Right.
1: on the bench so stack, stack at the start. stack at the start Jake Kerr on the bench because I'd like to see him play a bit more uh, front three you know we know that Wasps have got some injuries because Rob's obviously told us in, in his little interview with Pete um, some of the key men in the pack but Wasps have always been a really good scrummaging team uh, and, 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 and tight uh, and, and I think based on Friday night we were struggling against a B Surreys team potentially a lot of folding in the, in the scrum Um yeah, on, Thomas has
2: got to come in surely Scott, has He's got, he's has to come in. But where where do you wow. think he's going to come in, loose well, or tight head? <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, tight head. Yeah. Really, he's our only. I mean, he he came in a tight head, didn't he? And he he performed really well, even though it's not. not, not yeah, he can play position. both sides, but not natural position. But I think he we we need to. I think we need to shore that up.
0: But but, but quite a few of the pon- penalties were against Woolley as yeah. well, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. On on, on the loose head, so.
2: I mean, it, we were creaking all over the, the place, weren't we, in the front row, so I think we, we, we're trying to plug don't a lot I think we of... can
1: put it just down to Jake, can we, as you're right. I mean, he was, you know, he was not up to scratch. He hasn't been, potentially, for quite a few games last season, and we were worried about him, so... I agree. Big Jan's got to come in. We need a bit more muscle up front, don't we? I think to start with. Any any more changes then? Are we are we going to see Dave Atwood start, or do you think? I he's mean, let's hope start? so. I mean, thirty seconds is <laughs> it's not enough time to do anything, is it? Tie up his shoelaces if they came undone. Um, I mean, you can't knock Ed Holmes was fantastic. very was fantastic. Um, but I agree. Let's start Big Dave and have Holmes maybe on the bench. He's brilliant when he comes on. Okay. So yeah, bring bring Dave.
0: OK, then, uh, Lee, I'm looking at you, fella. What about the backs? What changes do you see uh, to the backs? And I suppose, bearing in mind that and Lloyd, to me, that looked like a hamstring. Yeah, I think um, we have to
2: rule him out, don't we? I, I think he, he might be missing for a while. I mean, Luke's... In, what was Luke's injury again? Back, back. It? Yeah. So, I mean, Luke's got to come straight back in, hasn't he? And... Bold I mean, Purdy's not too far away, is he? I bath half game, maybe. Ba- ba- so p- bath right, maybe. okay, yeah. so too, too early for Wasps. Okay, I mean, so so for me, Luke's Luke's got to come in. Um, for who? Adi Loken. Right. Or, I mean, I don't think. Hang on, uh, is he not coming in for.
3: Who, um, who's
0: going to who, come in for um,
2: you? Well, I do think that. Oh, I, I was going to say, actually, we could put Alapati out there but I'm not sure Alapati's got the pace anymore um, I think <laughs> he, he struggles quite a bit um, What about which, young Master Bates? Well I mean Bates you know, to be fair he did. He has played quite well against Sal hasn't he um, and I, I don't know I, it, it could be he could put, possibly put Bates in but I don't know if no I'm going back I'm going back right? yeah, okay, like this, so have I haven't <laughs> at all I was plan- planning for the forwards alright okay so it's pretty straightforward Lloyd's not fit so Lloyd's out Luke comes straight in sorry Addy but you're well, uh, sorry to upset you but you're back in the side again
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: recalled he's been recalled straight away before uh... <laughs> and yeah and I think we have to do that and I I uh, what else did you ask me I've completely you've thrown me completely you, you, now don't so. you, you know, Bates you know
0: those seven that start,
2: stand behind the big boys yeah How, which of are those are going to play okay so obviously Bates is now on the bench yeah replacement's bench he's, he's going to be a finisher now um, big Knife stays no he's eight. a forward oh yeah that's god yeah, I'm all over the shot can we just let's can we let, cut let that let back no, 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 no. I'll tell you what let's give you give me <laughs> the forwards next week scrum half who's going to play scrum half Harry Randall. Harry Randall's yeah. going to come in. Randall's in, and and obviously we'll stick with Sheed's, won't we? Because he's he's part of the team management group, and uh, and hopefully he'll have his uh, long range Kinked boots on into the corner.
0: And centres, I mean, it was uh, uh, Leua and Piers O'Connor. Yeah. I mean, it, it it was a good defensive effort, but Saracens, neither of them really sparkled or did much. But yeah. What do you think the options are there? Will we see any changes or do you think Pat will stick with them?
2: I don't know who else we've got. Bedlow. Yeah, I, I think Pat will stick with And of course you've got Frisch. Yeah, who's been tearing up trees apparently in training, hasn't he? So Well they sent
3: well, the hint we got about Frisch from that Q and A was that great player, great potential, but because he'd been playing in Ligue 2 or whatever mm. it was, that there he needed some reconditioning. Right. So basically, now I, I think We've just to go back to you I mean, I, I don't think Bedloe is inside centre is a, it's 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 not a bad shout. I mean, you know, he he's a we know he's a he's a, he's a good player. He's yeah. played firstly. Why can't he start? And 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 here's a bit of a a bit of a curveball. Stick stick Leo on the wing, and I know it's not for pace, but just for kind of game management and you know sort of solidity and you can always play off a winger you don't have to have a winger that has got after burners I mean mm-hmm. if Luaya is able to pop it inside to Charles or pop it inside to Piers O'Connor in some sort of play so yeah I just think that's a possibility I don't I don't see why we can't discount Bedlow well, inside
2: I guess side. also with Bedlow and we've got the kicking game as well haven't we yeah, we have got yeah, the long range yeah, kicking yeah, game so it's not missing. yeah
0: he can put it's a big possible. boot on it and you never know he might get his 50 22 badge he first might. bear to I mean, get the that the thing out. is
2: when
3: you lose a game relatively badly like we did you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Do you do you make big changes, or do you give the players another opportunity to make, to make makes, things right? Yeah. And it's it's a hard one. We you know we really it's hard to call, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, well, I think I think we can be pretty sure that Lloyd has got to be
0: very yeah. doubtful for that. And Charles, he, he was getting a lot of attention and he didn't was. didn't look that comfortable when he went off. And again, knowing how we managed Charles or how we managed him last year, you know whether whether he will play now. Let's hope so because he was that that real spark. Mm. But if Charles should be out, are we really start to struggle with the back three? Because mm-hmm. if you you got Piattow out, Lloyd out, we know Morahan possibly will be back in. Uh, Purdy we knows out. Uh, till Till Bath Newellago is probably going to be out for, I don't know. Couple of months, maybe. Are oh, oh, we suddenly getting a bit of a crisis in the back three?
2: But again, then, like Pete had said, if we do play Alapati on the wing, then I guess you. I mean, Luke Moorhan's played full back, hasn't he? Yeah. so. You know, but then who plays on the other oh, wing? Uh, yeah. Paddy Alokin's back thing. in. <laughs> 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 no, Bates no, has been really.
4: Uh, Bates uh, has gone got
2: no up, now. Bates has gone up. But it, yeah. it's not something we really want to be talking, like discussing in the second round of the season is it
0: to be fair no i mean you you think back to the start of last season with the delayed start and the injuries i think we had 16 or 17 out and managed to grind out three wins out of those first four games um obviously we 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 are in the backs starting to pick up quite a few injuries and with you know semi still missing and again i think the way pat talked at the Q&A we're not likely to see him for a few weeks yet. I think he doesn't even get back in the country until, until next week that's my understanding so we, we are you know this great bears attacking ethos that we've got lots of those real impact players mm. potentially have picked up knocks or, or, or aren't ready to go it's, yet uh, it's not just ring rusty it's threadbare
2: He's oh, yeah, a
0: threadbare bear. It's creaking yeah. like the floorboards in my flat at the moment. All right then, chaps. Well, let's let's put our money where our mouths What's are. All? It's prediction time. Um, let me start with you, then Miles. Oh dear. Um,
1: well, you know, we're all, we're, all, we're all still positive. We play a great game when we click. I'm going to predict a win but I think it'd be a tough grind out win against Wasps despite the fact they've got some injuries we know we're going to be challenged in the back if if these uh, injuries are you know uh, going to plague the team Uh, I'm going to go for 17 to 15 win for the Bears so
0: 15 17 to the Bears Uh, Pete your thoughts
3: yeah i think we have to assume it's going to be close so i'm i'm thinking quite like a bit like last year when we went there we well, know when that first game it was something like 22-20 i think i got to be positive about the, the yeah. bear so i think it's going to be 22-20 to us uh tw- 22
2: lee 24-18 bristol
0: And just for the devilman, I, I'm gonna go with a twenty-one a piece draw. <laughs> <laughs> so at Staying least on if, at least if you don't win, I, I'd be the closest. without predicting I think I was. Uh, okay, and let's look at some of those other games then next week. Um, Friday night, Gloucester versus Leicester and uh, I mean I think that would be really interesting if Leicester can yeah. perform at that same level. Gloucester, I think they've got a lot of injuries at the moment, so uh, that could be a tricky one. Bath Newcastle. Don't sure how that one would go. I mean Newcastle obviously gave Quinns a good go at yeah. the weekend. They started strongly last
3: season as well, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um Exeter, Northampton. Miles, can you see anything other than an Exeter win? Do you think uh you know, Rob Baxter's boys lose two on the chop to start no, the season.
1: Uh, not back at Sandy Park. I think uh, Rob's gonna uh you know be very disappointed with the with the loss this weekend. So I think that should be a
3: win for Chiefs.
0: Uh Pete, Queens at home to Worcester foregone won that.
3: Yeah. I think it, Well, Worcester scored a few tries, didn't they, this week? Yeah. I, I think they could be a, a bit of a harem and scare and free free flowing Festival of loose rugby yeah <laughs> so make as what you want with that I, I'm going to think I think Harlequins because they're at home I'll have to give them the, the new the coach as well out.
2: implementing
3: new coach yeah. Yeah, yeah so Quins. It's, it's painful to say it but yeah Quinns I think
0: uh, and the last one there Lee uh, London Irish uh, going to entertain sale First time, hopefully, they're going to have a big crowd at the Brentford Community Stadium. Yeah. So, uh, do you think the crowd will help them uh,
2: overcome the Sharks or will they get bitten by their boys from the AJ Bell? I think it will be a fantastic atmosphere for the London Irish fans and, um, and Jerry, isn't it? From Jerry, the podcast? Jerry Quinn. Jerry Brown will be having a few Guinnesses, yeah. but um, sorry, Jerry, I think so I would nullify. The, the attacking threat from London Irish, and I think it will be. Uh, Sal will do what they normally do and ball the crap out <laughs> of
0: Okay, well, we shall wait and see. Um, that's nearly it, but what, what I want to do before we finish off and um, to, to end on a high is talking about the, the women's team, uh, Bristol mm. Bears. Um, an incredible 115, 115 to 0 uh, victory against DMP Durham, which means that the, the women's team, after three games, are sitting pretty at the top of the table. Um, Pete, let me come to you. Um, things have really turned around in the the,
3: the, the, the women's part of uh, our club, haven't they? With, but, with yeah. Dave Ward coming in. Dave Ward kind of aligned them up with all the. Uh, coaching up at the H High Performance Centre. I mean, yeah, next week's going to be interesting when the old women rock up, you know, with uh, their victory under the belt, maybe taking a few of the training sessions, maybe. Once, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've, I've heard maybe the pack. I think Dave Ward's wife is in the pack, isn't she? I yeah. think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they might lead the debrief. But yeah, I mean, what a great... As much as anything, it's a great story that they're 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 part of the big fold, part of the community. And that's only good for inspiring... You know, any, uh, girls in the to play sport and stuff like that. So, long may it continue with the girls. Yeah. Well, well played, yeah, a- a- like. absolutely.
0: Right. Well, um, that's it for this week. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Wasp game and a preview of the local derby against them from down the road. Until then, goodbye. Stay lucky and come on, Briz.